0: We're here to answer those questions with some provocative thinking about how to create the healthcare that people actually want. Ready to roll up your sleeves, look at the world a little differently, and explore the frontiers of consumer health together? Join us, this is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back, I'm Jared Johnson, ready to share some more provocative thinking about building the healthcare of tomorrow. This season, we're attempting the deepest dive that's ever been done on the disruptive organizations that are likely to impact the experience of healthcare consumers for years to come. For more provocative thinking, we hope you'll follow us and check out our previous episodes, all 200 of them. This show is produced by Shift Forward Health, the channel for changemakers. Subscribe to Shift Forward Health on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be subscribed to our entire library of shows. One subscription, all the podcasts you need, and it's all for free. So here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the Week, about 98.6, licensing its virtual health platform for the first time. Does this signal a trend for health systems to deliver a better digital experience faster? I'll talk about that. Then we have three guests who each recently launched new shows on the Shift Forward Health channel. We'll start with Christophe Joquet, the host of Healththusiasm. Then you'll hear from Shiva Mirasini, host of Paving the Path. And we'll wrap up with Erica olensky Johansson, the host of Trauma-Informed Life. They each have their own story to tell and their own perspective that will bring value to you in different ways. It's time to dive right in, are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the Week. Licensing might be one of the latest ways for health tech to make consumers' lives easier, and 98.6 might be leading the way. So far, the story is staying under the radar. And I'll also have you know that I had to try really hard not to make a dad joke about bringing the heat or raising the temperature. GeekWire reported that telehealth startup 98.6 announced that it is licensing its virtual care delivery platform in a deal with Tacoma, Washington based Multicare Health System. This is the company's first foray as a third party software provider, and it raised more than $20 million in a convertible note offering to fund its expansion. The licensed tech will be used to support Indigo Health, a division of Multicare that handles urgent care for minor illnesses and injuries. Indigo was founded in 2015 and has grown to 35 urgent care clinics across Washington alongside a virtual care component. MultiCare is the largest health system in Washington state. Here's my take. Is this a trend? I'm leaning yes. I definitely see this happening more, especially because there are lots of benefits for the tech companies. It seems like one of their biggest challenges is giving themselves enough time to develop the relationships with providers that they need to be successful. And oh yeah, acquiring a patient panel. That's not as easy as acquiring a customer base for other types of apps. You're acquiring people and relationships. And these are people who don't want to use your app every day. They don't want a hundred day streak like my son has on Duolingo right now. They only want it when they need it. And when they need it, they want it to be super convenient. And from Multicare's point of view, I think it makes a ton of sense. I don't know about their IT department in particular, but most health system dev teams won't be able to build a system that's as consumer-friendly. 98.6 has been refining their product for seven years, with the express mission to make connecting with a physician as simple as sending a text or doing an online search. Why not partner with them and deliver a superior product to your consumers? So I guess we're checking the box for business value on both sides of this equation, which is important because we've learned that without that, health systems just won't prioritize a better digital experience. It's unfortunate, but usually true. And until that changes, health systems should be open to licensing if that's what it takes to deliver a better consumer experience. And if ultimately that's what it takes to make healthcare easier and more convenient in the areas that it should be more easy and convenient. That's another way that we'll build the healthcare of tomorrow. And that's the flavor of the Week. everyone, hey, this episode's kind of unique. We have uh, three guests, and uh, the one thing they have all in common, besides just a passion for healthcare and health itself, is that all three of them are launching new shows on the Shift Forward Health podcast channel. If you haven't heard, Shift Forward Health is a new podcast channel where you can subscribe just once and you're gonna get a whole bunch of shows in your feed. And we're really excited about this. We already have a couple of shows on the feed, but we've just we're, we're launching uh, a few new ones. And one of them is by our guest today, Christophe Jouquet. I Want to introduce Christophe? You're back on the Healthcare Wrap. How have you been? How are you doing?
1: I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you for having me again, Jared.
0: You are. We were on the podcast. I want to say a little over a year ago. And one thing I was really excited about when you were on previously was. This uh, you had just authored this book, enthusiasm. You're an international keynote speaker. You talk about health business. You bring in a lot of different perspectives that I think people don't always make a connection to. And so I've always been excited about hearing that perspective and what it means for any type of health business. And then the thing that we're talking about today is that now you have a show, you, know, you have a panel of guests that you're going to be talking about this every month that you want to talk to us about the podcast and we'll go from there. Like, what's the name of it and uh, what are you talking about there?
1: Okay. So, um, well, in a nutshell, it's, it's going to be called Health Enthusiasm Podcasts, obviously. We start from the health enthusiasm ID, the health enthusiasm trend, the movement I always talk about, which is in fact the fact that everybody has the enthusiasm to be healthy and happy. It's always been that way ever since 2000 years ago. The difference today is that People are even more enthusiastic because they have more tools at their disposal to actually have an impact on, on on their own health. And as a result of that, every company or every organization is now more than ever focused on making their customers, their patients, their drivers, their employees, their visitors. Healthier and happier, because it's that important to all of us. Uh, let's say, and so I look at health beyond healthcare. I don't just look at the the, the ecosystem, the healthcare system in itself. I really think that um, because people are always occupied with their health, I look at the broader scope and how the world is changing. Because of this health enthusiasm trend.
0: Yeah, well, I know some of the places you've been able to go with this theme, with this topic, have been of real interest to me because, like you said, it gives you a broader perspective. It helps you realize that the choices that we're making, like, why are we making them? And I wanna talk a little bit about the panel of guests, of your co hosts. That are on the show with you. Tell us about kind of who they are, their backgrounds, and how did you select them?
1: Well, it's a great question because when we first talked about doing a podcast, you and me, I was really thinking about what what is a concept that I want to do. And and there's already so many podcasts out there that have guests on their show. Although I do like them, I, I really had a different kind of idea in my mind. I wanted to have a discussion with somebody on. Health enthusiasm and the things that they see in their life and their business and their work and their projects. And so I had a lot of talks with a lot of people and there were amazing people that, that I could choose from. And I really went for my gut feeling. I went for the people that I really think could gel well, have a, have the same type of feel about a podcast that I do. I selected instead of one, I selected four for pretty much all over the world, so different cultures, three women, one man. It's it's pretty interesting. And if you want, if I can briefly briefly introduce you and, and say who they are, but um, we have from um, a, a French woman from um, who's living in Barcelona, and she's called Aline Noisette. She's known as a digital health connector. I mean, if you've been around the digital health, you've definitely known her, not from on stage, but from behind the scenes, because she's really well connected. She knows pretty much everybody, everybody knows her. And she is very active in anything related to digital health in the past, you know, 12 to 15 years, um, probably. So it's a very interesting person, has a lot of opinions, is is involved in startups and all of that. And then we have my Emily in Paris, as I say. It's somebody from America, from Chicago, who's now living in Paris, who is more the medical expert in digital health. She's called Aditi Joshi. She used to be an emergency uh, physician. Nine years ago, she made the switch to tech, med tech, health tech. And so she is more like the medical expert. She has brings a different kind of view, also a different cultural kind of view. Because, I mean, Americans, typically in technology, they move fast. And Europe, we're a little bit more slower, a little bit more easygoing. we were a little bit more careful, I would say. And so I'm the one that always, is always pushing people to move faster. And she's more like the one to slow down people and think about the medical consequences and all that. So we have this great dynamic with her. Uh, she's a very, very smart woman. And then we have somebody from London who's working for the um, Department of Health and Social Care together also with the NHS in London. She has a background in research, as a customer experience expert, worked for Heathrow, the airport, worked for Mattel, the Barbie company or the company from Barbie, Disney as well um, and always in health. So she has a very different type of um, view on things. She loves also anything related to kids and women's health. So she brings a totally different angle again. And then finally, we've had um, Mozo Wiener, who has a background in fashion and luxury. He used to work for Gucci, but he was also the health business director for Wundermond Thompson in Europe. So somebody who's really an expert in human experience. So we have a bit of everything. You see, you know, like digital health expert, medical experts, research experts, human experience experts with a lot of experience also in, uh, in advertisement. And then you have myself, I come from pharma, but I really love fashion and trends, and so I try to mix them both together. And I look at the world from a, a trends and an evolutionary point of view, I would say, um, but always with a with a focus on on health. And so together with the five of us, we have like this very big mix of um, experience, a big mix of um, you know different types of countries uh, that we all come from, different types of companies we've worked with or for. It's a wonderful mix and match, clash sometimes even of, uh, of views and things. But we all look at health from a broader angle and we, we are really, I would say, we want to amplify the positive changes that we are seeing, the positive changes that are shaping our health and happiness of the future. And, and this is what the podcast will all be about.
0: One of the things that's, that's really uh, fun about the format is how you have different segments are not. It's not just a conversation. You have one that's called uh, something, nothing, or everything. You want to tell us about that? Exactly.
1: Yeah. So we have, um, I believe, three or four formats first of all we just open up by saying what are the health enthusiasms that you've witnessed in the past month and those are basically the articles that didn't make the cuts that we just quickly want to mention like for example pinterest um, they changed their advertisement rules on diet uh, medication and now they see a change in the way that people are looking for information for example and just quickly something that we that we touch upon it's 30 seconds 40 seconds, not more, just to quickly just to quickly share some, some ideas that we've seen. The second concept is, um, I quickly talk about one of the, my newsletters that I write. So every t- two weeks, I uh, write a newsletter about a trend I've noticed in health in general. And then I let the panel debate it. It's pretty plain and simple, pretty straightforward. Everybody can share their own opinion about it. And then indeed, the third segment is um, a something, nothing or everything. Where one of the panelists bring forward an article that they that they have read. Last time it was about Tesla and how they don't have any patents anymore or that they openly share their patents. And so the question was how can healthcare benefit from this? So the purpose is to um, to bring something forward and then discuss about whether this is something, whether it is nothing, or whether it is everything. And so everybody can have a different opinion at the end. I know last time some said it was everything, others said it was nothing. And all of that and then finally we have the um, inside out outside in which is ideas that we see in healthcare that might be applied in consumer worlds or something from the consumer world that we can apply in healthcare as well. So there's four concepts out there that, that we try to bring forward.
0: The format just keeps it very interesting and, and moving fast, like you said. What do you hope listeners get out of subscribing? Like, What do you hope they come away with after they listen to an episode?
1: Basically, what we want to um, share is the the positive change that we see. I think very often in healthcare we say that a lot is not possible For many, sometimes obvious reasons at first, but when we look around us, there's a lot of things that are changing for the good. And and so what we want to change is really, uh, we want to amplify the positive changes, let's say, and really quickly touch upon all the different things that we see happening so that it can be inspirational for others. In their own projects, at the same time, I think that um, in doing so and in touch upon all these things, I think I want to open up their minds and let them realize that there is such thing as a health enthusiasm trend, and that health is a lot more than healthcare as well. And so those are the two um, the three things that I think we can uh, we can achieve here.
0: It's fantastic. So it's called Health Enthusiasm the Health Enthusiasm podcast and we're really excited for it to be part of the Shift Forward Health channel. So we'll make sure everyone knows to subscribe and to find it in their favorite podcast player. Now before we go Christoph, like I mentioned uh, my my one last question for you was was just like what's what's on your radar screen right now? Like what trends in health are you paying attention to? Maybe it was one of the topics from this first episode, but I'm just curious like What are you paying attention to right now?
1: There's a lot happening. To try to give a short answer here, I think every year at the beginning of the year, I write about the 15 trends in 2023, the year after. So I wrote in 2021, I wrote about the trends in 2023. And there's a lot happening going from metabolic mastery up to intentional music to agelessness, aging, so all things that we see both in the healthcare world and in the consumer world happening, and I'm already preparing for the um, for next year, the 2024 trends, 15 trends that we will see there, and I think. We probably will have a, a podcast session on it in, in December as a preparation, but I think there's a lot happening there as well. Definitely with immersive experiences, you know, the the metaverse and all of that, but also the the real life experiences. So we, I think, what we see is a sort of counterbalance. On the one hand side, we have more virtual experiences, and at the other hand, we we see more people going back to nature, going back to arts, going back to really feeling things in real life as well. So if I if I would have to name one thing for you know the trends that we see in the next coming years it's it's you know the balancing out between more immersive digital experience on the one hand and more going back to nature physical experience at the at the other hand
0: very interesting well we'll have to hear more about that and we'll keep keeping an ear out to see if that makes it into one of your episodes this upcoming year Christoph it's been a pleasure thanks for first and foremost for hosting the show. We're really excited to uh, to have this be part of the lineup and to give listeners so much more to think about. Uh, but in the meantime, stay safe and, and best of luck with everything you're doing. We'll, we'll be a big part of it.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. And thank you for having me on your channel.
0: Stay tuned for more provocative thinking after the break. Hey, listen up, y'all. Did you know that nearly 60% of people wish their healthcare provider sent them more relevant health information? And 42% would even consider switching to a different provider that sent them more, according to a recent survey of patients in the U.S. The vast majority of them would prefer to get that information via email or text. Persado is a natural language AI company that provides healthcare organizations with pre-developed, pre-optimized messaging journeys proven to build digital relationships, improve health goals, and increase patient retention, deliver better health outcomes, and revenue growth with persado's data-driven content that inspires action visit persado.com to learn more that's persado p-e-r-s-a-d-o.com to find out how persado can help okay back to the flow All right, I'm here with Shiva Mirasini. I can't wait to dive in with Shiva. Really excited to have her here. We're going to talk about a new show that she has just recently launched. But there's a lot that has gotten her here to where she is now. And I'm going to let her share a little bit more about that with you. But uh, Shiva, welcome to The Healthcare Wrap.
2: Oh, it's great to be here with you, Jared. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: So I feel like a lot of people know you personally as a customer experience champion and a digital leader, and you've had the opportunity to be in, in roles in those types of roles at Fortune 50 companies. I wonder if you can start off here with a, a highlight or two from your time at, at any of these companies. Any favorite moments that stick out?
2: Mm-hmm. Great question, and thank you for that. A nice intro, actually. Yeah, I've, I've devoted my career life, really, to serving and building customer experiences that are frictionless, that are accessible and delightful. And so in the past to do that, I've had many opportunities to work with great people to really uh, make a difference, hopefully. But a few examples that come to mind, I'm happy to share, but let me start by kind of bringing a little more holistic aspect uh, to answering that question. And that is, I find meaningful experiences when I and my team can arrive at actionable insights. And there's a lot into those two words, right? It's insight, so it's not data and information. That's not good enough. It's, It's really the why and the how behind the data and information behind a situation or an opportunity, and it has to be actionable. You know, what can we do about it and how? And how can we get, you know, resources behind it? So kind of making a difference from that perspective, I think that's the starting point for any meaningful memory or impact that I can think of. But in particular, and this is dating myself back a few years now at Aetna CBS. I had my team look into our patient data record, and we we observed that for our chronically ill members, especially those with diabetes, we were sending upward of twenty communications per month per member across different channels, be mail, text, email, etc. And then when we looked more closely, and this is the inside part, is the the information was sometimes contradictory. Left hand didn't know what the right hand uh, was saying in terms of kind of the silos within the organization, and therefore it could potentially confuse the member. And so just looking at the data is one thing, but the insight and the opportunity to really change the game and engage the members, the patients at a whole different level, especially for members that have a pretty major chronic issue that they're dealing with and really putting them on a better uh, path to health, to, to healthier version of themselves was very important for us. And so, so that kind of answers get the actionable insight aspect of what I was referring to earlier. And then what we did about it was to really complementalize what we can do or how we can address the issue, what communications we absolutely do not need to send out, what what information or communications we can digitize as much as possible and what aspect of it we can actually make into more of a conversational engagement through the app and make it more of a dialogue as opposed to more of a one-off monologue from, from the company. And that led to... You know, reducing our print costs by a significant number, it led to building an engagement platform. The old name for it is CCM, which is Customer Communication Management System, but what I like to call it is really engagement platform that connects to every single channel essentially that you touch the customer with and make that more holistic. Apply AI and business rules so you can actually send next best action campaigns, and truly change patients' behavior, which by and large, somewhere between 40 to 60% of health outcomes are driven by patients' behavior to really address that. So it's a remarkable example from my perspective, because starting with looking at the data, getting some actionable insight... And then setting out the roadmap to solving the problem led to a much more holistic but elegant solution than we ever thought. But it's very much aligned with what I said earlier about building frictionless, accessible and delightful experiences.
0: Thanks for sharing that. That what I heard there is a focus on experience all throughout that process, and that you're very aware of uh, the needs of those who are being served by the platforms you're building, and being aware that it wasn't just a simple fix and and hey, just either build or or, or buy something off the shelf and and install it and and it's all set to go. That it's a very complex process, and so that focus on experience, it really feels like it has served you well throughout all your career, which leads me to wonder where, you know, where you're looking now, like what's in the middle of your radar screen in terms of what trends you're paying attention to right now, whether they have to do with experience or not, just, just uh, out here in healthcare, anything that comes to mind, like what trends are, are you paying attention to right now?
2: That's a great question. I think to me, what I'm observing as kind of the trends technologically, And from a CX perspective, customer experience perspective, across the board, irrespective of what industry, and I'll get to the impact within healthcare, is personalization, right? We saw what it did in travel industry, in retail, in financial services, and now we are seeing a much more, I think, advanced and mature versions of those technologies being applied to healthcare. It's a really positive, I mean, as much as we sit there and say, well, everything <laughs> is broken in healthcare. If you look under the hood, there are significant advancements and much more, I guess, lower cost, ready to use and advanced technologies that are brought to healthcare just because healthcare has been more complex and it's it been one of the later industries to be disrupted by what you would call software AI or big data analytics. And so when we talk about personalization, at the end of the day, putting the patients, the members, the customers, essentially, the people in charge of their own health data and inform them so that they can make better decisions about their health. That in and by itself, I think is the majority of the upside for all the changes that is upon us. And so there are different healthcare models that are being introduced, but the ones that are going to succeed are the ones that are very patient-centric. They are the ones that really focus on data and really democratizing access to data, not just for the patient, but also the providers and the pharmacy and uh, the payers, etc. So that everybody's in sync and aligned to serve that member in a very personalized fashion. And this is very important. We know for a fact that social determinants of health are a driver of outcome. Within that, and this is outside of your DNA, which like contributes like maybe you know, 10, 10, 20% of the outcome, your behavior really is responsible for somewhere between 40 to 60% of the outcome. So if you know about your body, how your body operates, your pre-existing conditions, the kind of diet or exercise or even environment that you need to be in and indulge yourself in so that you can be healthier, you have moved the needles quite significantly. So to me, that's really the nirvana and the health models that aim at that in collaboration with all the major parties, because healthcare is complex and you have different stakeholders that can address that, they're going to completely change the game in the long run.
0: I hope so. I feel like it's a trend that we're still going to see evolve a lot over these next, I'd say, you know, three to five years, especially, and looking forward to seeing that. So uh, that's great to hear that that's something you're paying attention to right now. Now, Shiva, I understand you just launched a new podcast. I want to give us a, you know a couple minutes here to to mention that. It's called Paving the Path. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Like, what's the premise of the show, and and what do you hope listeners will get out of
2: it? I'm very very excited. Yeah, Paving the Path is uh, my new show and is really a labor of love because of what I'm bringing to the table is a different perspective from women I know in my network that are serial entrepreneurs, they're game changers in healthcare from technology, AI, uh, product management, investments, you you name it, that are not necessarily spoken about in the mainstream media. And so I wanna bring, kind of shed the light on some of the heroes that we don't often hear from. And so it's a void that I hope to close. And I think he will be a source of inspiration for anybody, but especially people, young girls, young women that are entering this space from you know from any aspect of healthcare. And frankly, generally, it's not just healthcare, right? If you if you can do it in healthcare, you can certainly do it anywhere. But especially here, I think my intention is to inspire, uplift, and pave the path for all the great innovators, inventors, game changers that are making a significant impact in this space.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited about this too. So your first episode was with Ada Glover, from Zeus Health. What was that one like?
2: Oh, Ada is wonderful. She's a co-founder of Zeus Health with Jonathan Bush. And what they're trying to do is to essentially change the game uh, with respect to access to health and creating frictionless experience uh, for patients and providers. And so I'm very excited about what they are doing. And she's truly a thought leader. And this is the first conversation we had with her. I would love to come back to her in a year or so. And revisit the conversation and see how far they have come to really impact the healthcare industry from that perspective. You know, we just actually recorded the second one with Julie Scaff, who is a dear friend and someone I know for over a decade, a serial entrepreneur, very, very successful, and she is the COO of VizAI, AI, which is an AI tool application that really serves the clinicians to augment their decision making process and create more of a coordinated approach to care, which has been proven to have just fabulous, fabulous outcome for the patients as well. And so I'm not going to spill the beans. You have to listen to the podcast to know how she's uh, making a uh, uh, difference.
0: It's really exciting uh, there's some great stories out there to tell. And I'm so glad you have an opportunity to shed a light on them like you said and and really bring bring these out to the forefront to the mainstream and get people a chance to uh, to learn from your guests so really excited about the show. It's called Paving the Path and it's available everywhere people can listen to podcasts uh, apple Spotify. Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, you name it—it's—it's a it's, uh, super cool. So, what what a cool thing uh, for you to be involved in, Shiva. One last question here for you: There are so many challenges in healthcare. I like to think about like what can we celebrate, and so. I'm wondering, like, what do you hope we're celebrating in healthcare, say, three years from now?
2: Listen, I think what we have seen, again, in retail and some of these other industries are very attainable and within reach, honestly. I mean, between IoT, your wearables, to your iPhone and carrying a computer in the palm of your hand, being able to make more informed decisions that impact your health are going to be very, very vital. And in particular, I'm excited about some of the advancements in the chronic health area. I mean, I'm sure you have heard and some of our listeners might have heard about digital prescriptions. I mean, these are literally apps that can help change your behavior from addiction to obesity to behavioral health or mental health issues. Just knowing that you have a buddy, a sounding board, right in the palm of your hand to go to if you have an episode or a situation coming up that you didn't foresee. And you can apply that to, you know, a good number of health issues that can be addressed. So, I mean that's that's one part of it. But it those are the severe kind of situations, like I said, chronic, you know, suicide, addictions, etc. But you can really think about the, the long stream or the long tail impact of all of that in our daily lives as well. It's not just the number of steps you take, but how to balance or when to work out or what kind of food or what kind of kind of intake you might have be- because of the season or time of the day etc it seems like for some of us it may sound like uh, science fiction but believe it or not it's a lot more within reach than i would have even imagined 5 years ago i can't give you an exact timing but the whole concept of personalized health that engagement economy that is really much broader than retail and is now truly upending healthcare as we know it is is something that I'm paying close attention to. I am very, very hopeful that we will see meaningful changes and and new models arriving in the next three to five years. That's definitely
0: something for us to keep our eye on. Uh, Shiva, before we go, for our listeners who would like to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: Probably the best way, honestly, is to look me up on LinkedIn, Shiva Mirosani. Yeah, you know, I have a website as well. You know, once you connect with me, you can exchange notes and uh, we take it from, the, from there. All my uh, personal information is available on LinkedIn and certainly on Twitter and my website.
0: Thanks for giving us a few minutes today, Shiva, uh, and best of luck with everything you've got going on.
2: Oh, thank you so, so much. This was so much fun, Jared. Thank you so much.
0: All right, let's welcome our third and final guest for today. I'm so pleased to welcome Erica Olinsky-Johansson. Erica is the host of the new show called Trauma-Informed Life. We're going to dig into that. But that show is really where she shares her perspective on improving the U.S. healthcare system as a trauma-informed caregiver and industry insider A mother, woman, human. Her hope is that sharing her journey can really create a dialogue. And I can't wait to dig into that a little bit more. But first and foremost, Erica, welcome to the Healthcare Wrap.
3: Thank you so much, Jared. I'm happy to be here.
0: So Erica, you have a lot of things going on. Where would you like to go in terms of filling in your bio? Like, What would you like our listeners to know about you and your background and what you've got going on right now?
3: (laughs) I feel like I have my hands in so many things. And I joke with a lot of uh, my close friends and family that I'm Doing a lot of farming right now and seed planting, so not quite seeing the fruits of a lot of it yet, but optimistic and hopeful and faithful that it'll all translate to that sometime in the future. Obviously, the show being one of those critical pieces of time and energy that I'm spending kind of in the middle or straddling two other big areas of my life over the last year. One is a healthcare strategist and consultant in communications, which is a little bit of a more formal day job. And then also as the executive director of a nonprofit that I founded in May of this year called August Artists. And uh, that nonprofit's dedicated to helping families that are spending time for a significant period of time inpatient have access to something simple like window crayons to help process the healthcare experiences that they are going through and process the trauma long-term of those experiences and kind of reintegrate those back into their day-to-day life by helping to commemorate the artwork that they make while they were inpatient. And we do that by preserving that artwork into a poster that they can bring home.
0: So what was the inspiration for that, may I ask?
3: Yeah. Um, so I'll cover this a little bit, I think, in the show at some point. But the, the experience that I had that inspired that was, was truly a, a personal and intimate one. When my son was undergoing cancer treatment, one of the things that I did as his caregiver to pass the time and get through what I was going through as his mom. I would color on the window of the hospital room door to the the room we were staying in and every room we were admitted to. um, And we were in so many rooms all throughout the hospital facility. So every week or every other week, it seemed like we had a new room and a new canvas to work on, but I would draw pictures on the hospital room door, just like actually many of the other families in the hospital hospital would do themselves just really as a, a grassroots way to pass time. And it was so therapeutic in the moment to be able to have a project like that, that was purely enjoyable and something to focus my energy on when you're going through something so intense. It's really hard to to stay focused on the things that bring joy especially when things are really intense and scary. It brought me an immense amount of joy and I really just wanted to see it as an opportunity to give back to other families that had to go through what we did.
0: That's amazing. So how long ago was that? Because th- this is a fairly new venture, it sounds like, as far as actually being able to to get out there and, and publicly launch it. This was this was earlier this year, wasn't
3: it? Yeah, so we formally launched in May of this year and that formal launch included the announcement of our organization achieving a 501c3 tax exempt status, which actually took us about two years to achieve. So the, the original idea was birthed, oh gosh three years ago when my son was actually going through treatment actively and uh, had been kind of working through the business model and my ideas around it for quite a while, including all the paperwork and things needed with the government to make sure we were established the the best way possible with the strongest foundation and ability to scale long-term.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Well, I'm so excited that that it is out there now and that you're able to, to bring this to people, to not just the patients themselves, but as you know, you're, you are so aware and conscious of the needs of the caregivers of those patients and, and everyone involved in their lives and in their experience. And so I, th- I think that's, that says a lot for the perspective that you bring. And I wanted to kind of connect that with uh, your new podcast, because I feel like that's one of the ways, w- one of the parts of value that you're going to be bringing your listeners is by sharing your perspective, because it's a perspective that historically, in my mind, gets overlooked or it just doesn't get talked about as much as other parts of of any type of perspective about the U.S. healthcare system. And I think that's something really unique. When I've been looking over the last few months, really the last couple of years about how to make healthcare more consumer first, I've talked to a lot of people about the need to to share stories about what the experience is like right now. Whenever we talk about the, the experience of healthcare, a lot of people are like, well, is it really that bad? Or is, you know, what parts really need to be improved? And, everything keeps coming back to like, well, let's hear the stories of those who are encountering it in really unique ways. And those who really just have a lot of thoughts about what can be done. And let's honor those experiences and those stories by sharing them. Those are some of the reasons that that led us to, to collaborate and be able to get your show out there. So again, it's called Trauma-Informed Life. Uh, do you want to tell us about Just some basics of it. Like, what's it about? Like, what's the perspective?
3: Absolutely. So my goal with the show is to pull back the curtain on what caregiver and patient experience is like in the U.S. healthcare system today. And the way that I share those stories is really in a reflection form of the things that I experience day to day on behalf of my son and what I actually hope to be would be both of my sons and myself as well as patients in this world. It's rather unique opportunity to share a patient's story. And what makes it unique is that contextually, I come from the same industry that has been talking patient experience for the last, gosh, decades. And I've been a part of that conversation for 15 years in a professional capacity and have worked in clinical roles, have worked in leadership roles, have worked in strategy roles for a lot of different size organizations. And to have that context and then walk through the patient experience and caregiver experience firsthand at the level of intensity that I did with my son, I reflecting on the experience and, and putting my life back together, it was clear that the experience that we had offered an insight into the system of healthcare today in a way that you really couldn't hypothesize. You cannot make up a patient experience with a hypothetical scenario. You have to look at each individual patient's story and use the collection of those stories to help inform decision making. And so, my aim with this podcast is is truly even at a very minimum to share one perspective of those stories. In a very highly complex scenario that is truly life or death in many ways. And through those insights, help inform and educate those in decision-making roles, whether they're in marketing roles, or if they're a healthcare executive, or if they're a healthcare innovator, an entrepreneur, or even clinician, but help them become educated and informed about what that experience is like. So as they make decisions that are in the direction of the future of healthcare and in service of the future of healthcare, that they are better informed and frankly, trauma informed on what healthcare is really like for the patient at the end of the day, because we're all trying to achieve better outcomes. And we can't do that unless we look at the patient as a whole person and a whole network of people involved with helping that patient achieve what they, they're wanting to get out of life.
0: Well, like I said, that perspective has so many parts to it. And I think being able to share not just your experience, but the vision that it's given you of what can be done to improve uh, is is so tremendously valuable i've been so happy to be able to share part of your story out there and, you know, not to give away too much, but, you know, the first episode is out there and it kind of sets up the rest of the series because this is intended to be a, a pretty raw view of, of your encounters and your engagement with the healthcare system. I'm curious, first and foremost, like how did, how are you picking topics? How are you deciding what to talk about?
3: So there is some element of strategy. I want to make sure that the episodes address a a wide breadth of experiences that are day-to-day, whether that's talking about what it's like to manage a team of private duty nurses that work inside your home day-to-day, or if it's care coordination with the physicians that work or or assigned your son as a case, even managing work-life balance for myself as a caregiver. What does that look like? I guess work-life-life balance and how do you self-care among all of that? So I I have a strategy in terms of trying to address a breadth of topics, but I truly am also leaning into the life experiences themselves as as I go through them. My son has complexities that arise that are unexpected and unanticipated all the time. And so as I go through those experiences, I really want to help share what those are real time as much as possible so that we can learn and garner as much as we can from those in the greatest amount of detail, because those are the experiences that can help improve the healthcare system as a whole.
0: I love it. So what do you hope listeners get out of the show besides besides that? Like, what do you hope they'll keep tuning back in for?
3: The world seems to be moving, especially after the pandemic into becoming much more aware of human needs as a whole. And healthcare has been attempting to solve for this for decades as well. Thinking about how do we improve health outcomes for the patient? Well, that's not possible unless you look at the patient as a whole. So, Really, I hope that people gather from the podcast a firsthand account of somebody experiencing healthcare that they can learn from. And then hopefully too, it helps inspire others to help find their voice and their own patient story so that they become more vocal in sharing what they've gone through. Because again, my voice is only one and we all are patients at the end of the day. So I'm truly hopeful that this show inspires others to share their stories because the collection of those stories are going to be what helps inspire the future of healthcare to be one that better serves everybody at the end of the day.
0: Thanks for sharing that. I think it is so important to have this dialogue and to have it not just in one setting or another, not just in a marketing setting, not just in a clinical setting, but everybody needs to hear the same stories. Everyone needs to hear what's happening and where there are opportunities to improve things. I do see this inspiring a lot of people. Uh, I'm so excited to, to help bring it out there into the world. Before we go... How do listeners connect with you personally? You know, we'll mention the show is, is Trauma Informed Life. But how do, is, that, is that on LinkedIn? Like if they just want to connect with you and, and get, uh, just reach out to you and ask you any questions or anything, uh, maybe not even having to do with the show, what's the best way for them to do that?
3: Yeah. So professionally, LinkedIn's the, the best profile to reach me on. My name's Erica Olinsky johansson I think LinkedIn has it under Olinsky johansson which was my married name. So you can find me there on LinkedIn, but you can also you know, feel free to tweet me. I have a longstanding presence on Twitter as a social platform too. And you can find me at The Great Chalupa. I have the same handle on Instagram and a few other social media platforms too. But I would say LinkedIn and Twitter are the best place to find me. And then of course, if you want to learn more about August Artists and the work we're doing around that initiative specifically, you can go to our website at augustartists.org. Fantastic, Erica.
0: It's such a pleasure to uh, speak with you again Again, I can't wait for people to check out the show and just best of luck with everything you've got going on. We're going to follow it. We're going to do our best to, you know, make sure the world knows about it. But uh, thanks again for joining us.
3: So grateful, Jared. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks again.